Hello and welcome to Automators. I am Rosemary Orchard and I'm joined as always by my co-host David Sparks and we're going to talk about how to automate technology to make magic happen and in this case we're upgrading some of your magic. Hey David, how are you today? I am great Rose. I uh, I haven't talked to you for a while. I miss talking to you. I miss talking about automation. We got all these cool betas going around. Ah, oh, Yeah, yeah. So much broken stuff. And we got a great guest today. <laughs> yes. Uh, welcome to the show. Actually, Zach or Zachary Lyman. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. So for people who don't know, uh, Zachary Lyman is the creator of Jelly Cuts. Um, and Jelly Cuts is a great application to enhance shortcuts experiences potentially. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we're going to have plenty of fun things to talk about today. I mean, Zach built his own like interface to make creating shortcuts easier, and we're going to get into that. We got a link in the show notes. My only warning to the listeners, and I got to do this. I'm sorry, Zach. When you go watch the demo video, he picked the most awesome music. So if you are okay singing it for like a week after you watch the video, leave the audio on. If you're not, you, you should hit mute immediately and watch the video. But anyway. Sorry, I, it is I definitely an earworm. I, I woke up singing the Jelly Cuts demo music today, and I I have you to blame for that. <laughs> but either way, um, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so so you you were a developer, and you've you've made some really cool stuff for us automators. But I thought, um, why don't we start? Just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a high school senior this year, or well, going into my senior year. I've been working on iOS apps for about two or three years now. But I didn't really get started until, I guess, two Marches ago, the March of 2020, when um, someone reached out to me and asked if I wanted to help out on an iOS app. And I agreed and then just started going from there. Yeah. So he's a high school senior and he made an IDE for shortcuts. I am feeling <laughs> like I am completely useless at this point. Maybe I should just go jump off a bridge. I don't know. <laughs> David, you're a lawyer. You've chosen to do different things up until this point. That doesn't mean yeah. you failed. Anyway, I, that, that's impressive, Zach, because uh, th- this app Thank is you. really great. And um, and that you've only got a few years into it. That is that's super impressive. Yeah. So what have you done, Rose? <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I'm 30, uh, feeling slightly <laughs> inadequate. No, I'm, it's fine. I, you know, everybody takes a different path through life. And just because you you start out super early on something doesn't mean it's going to be your thing forever. But Zach, I think you've got a pretty good thing going here. Um, Thank and you. I'm, I'm curious, how did you come up with the idea for Jelly Cuts? Because Jelly Cuts isn't just a different UI to drag and drop Lego bricks, which is what Shortcuts does. It's mm-hmm. a text-based development environment which generates shortcuts and the first couple of times i saw this i was like i i don't like my brain doesn't get this and i'm a developer okay so i use an ide all day um and it you know i have all these things where i you know i type stuff and, and magic happens but for some reason my brain couldn't fathom doing this with shortcuts until i sat down and actually properly played with it for a while um yeah. but how did you come up with the idea um so I I was actually I got I was bored at um my at work and I was like I want to do something on my my break. I was like, "Oh, well, I guess I can code some stuff." And I liked working I like working with shortcuts and just making automations. So I was like, "I wonder if I can combine the two and mm-hmm. kind of and code while also making shortcuts so I can do something cuz I can't code like my apps while I'm not home cuz I need my laptop." 
Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, what can I code while I'm not at home? So I decided I'll try and figure out something out with shortcuts. So I saw something on the shortcuts uh, Reddit actually saying that you can edit shortcuts like by changing the P list. Mm-hmm. And from there, I don't know how the idea came up, but I was just like, oh, if I can edit them there, I can make text that'll convert into those P lists yeah. and create shortcuts based on that. So the idea kind of just like spiraled out of me wanting to code outside of my computer, like on my phone, into yeah. what can I code on my phone easily. Yeah. I believe P list stands for preferences list, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, pretty so- sure. Yeah, so for for people who are thinking, I'm I'm still not quite sure what that means. If you imagine just a configuration file that gets loaded in, that that's what it is. It's it's basically a do this, just like a bunch, uh, you know, uh, file is a a list of you know text commands. This is a kind of the same thing, only with co- more complex formatting. Yeah, um, it's like so, fancy JSON. Yeah, yeah, fancy JSON. Um, is a, a very good way to put it. A little history lesson, back in the workflow days, that was a method that they used to allow you to export and share shortcuts or workflows. And then when the workflow got purchased by Apple, there was a couple years of uncertainty whether Apple was going to make that a thing or not. And now it seems like they fully embraced it. And this, you know, the export methods that we've got coming with iOS 15 and as, as Zach has already discovered with the P-list stuff, um, we are we are able to edit those files and create and move shortcuts that way. So that that just gave you a vector into the application. Yeah, it gave me just a, a quick path right to edit them. Yeah. So you said that you you know one of the things that you enjoy doing is creating shortcuts. What are the kinds of shortcuts that you use most frequently? Do you have a, a couple of examples, maybe? Um, most frequently, I don't use it as much right now because I'm on spring or summer break, but. I have a shortcut that pulls my like my school's assignments thing, so where mm-hmm. they store all of all assignments, and I can pull that into just reminders on my phone. Yeah. So that was really useful, especially for virtual learning, where I didn't, I couldn't keep track of all the assignments I got all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was able just to pull them right off and put them on my phone. So that was super nice. Okay, so let let me stop you there. Let me stop you there with that one. So so it's a it's a web service probably from the school where the assignments are getting posted. Yeah, yeah. We use Canvas. So Canvas yeah. allows you to have like RSS feeds of all your assignments and stuff, mm-hmm. and calendars. So you can have like a calendar and RSS feed. So ah, so that once you have an RSS feed, that makes it real easy. Yeah, yeah. So it was really easy just to mix the the calendar they give me and the RSS feed they give me together and just make assignments off of that. Yeah, that that's a really smart way to do. How did you handle processing things that you'd already seen? Did you just check back to see in say like the note or the reminder if it was there or or do you just uh run it run it once and you know you grab that week and then the next week you run it again? Yeah, so I ran it every Monday morning cuz right. that's a lot, a lot of our assignments were posted Monday morning, so mm-hmm. I'd run it Monday morning and have it just gather everything from the week, and then I just like periodically check on Canvas to make sure nothing else showed up randomly. But that's yeah. usually what I would use. Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure you could build something with like a unique ID and stick it in the note of the reminder, but that feels like it's going to get very complicated very quickly. And uh, yeah. as, as I'm sure you're familiar with, sometimes keeping things <laughs> simple is the best approach. Yeah, definitely. So how did you 
get started with, you know, um, coding for, you know, in, in general? Because you said, you know, you, you helped out a couple of marches ago with with an iOS app. Did you already know Swift before that? Or was it just that you had a great idea and, and somebody brought you on? I actually started programming Swift when it came out. So along, like back in, well, my school is like an enrichment program. Mm-hmm. And so in the enrichment program, back when Swift came out, I wanted to do something with it. So I guess that was 2015 or 2014. I was like, I want to do a project on that. So my enrichment teacher let me and another student make a like a, a game in Swift. So that's where I first had my first experience with it. I didn't learn really much at all from that, but it's what put me on the path towards learning. And then... I just continued to kind of work on it and continuously just keep learning Swift. So I was building small apps that never made it anywhere um, up until someone invited me into like onto an app that they wanted to yeah. build and wanted me to program. So that's where I, like, I really learned a lot of what I know now because I needed to make an app that would work on the app store. Yeah. So I guess I've just been learning Swift, just building on building on it as I go. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What kind of resources have you been using for for our other listeners who are, who are curious? You know, I, I want to learn Swift as well. You know, obviously, I'm guessing when Swift first came out, that's when there were at the Apple resources and the Apple resources, and that was it. Um, but nowadays, of course, there's a little bit more out there. When I first started off, I was using YouTube, just like YouTube tutorials, mm-hmm. and that's what I've really used for a long time. I'll just go on YouTube, and if I want to learn something, I'll look up what I want. And then also Stack Overflow and Hacking with Swift have mm-hmm. been really good, especially Hacking with Swift because those tutorials are just perfect. Like they tell you exactly what you need to know for what you're trying to do. Yes. So that's what I've been using a lot more recently because I've gotten more into the Swift UI stuff. So using that Swift UI reference is nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've heard very good things about Hacking with Swift and um, I, I've, I've done some of the little bits on there as well. Uh, unfortunately, I, ha- I have that slight problem of having a day job and, and needing a bit more time <laughs> to do all of the things in a day um, where, you know, I'm sitting here podcasting. I could be learning Swift, David. I could be learning Swift. Man. Um, but, you know, it's OK. I don't think we're losing any great apps by me sitting here podcasting. In fact, I think we're getting a lot more out of it this way. Um, so, Zach. You know, I, I'm just taking a look at Jelly Cuts here and, you know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll dive into a little bit more of the, the detail of this in a moment. But obviously, this is a written language. OK, so instead of Lego blocks, we've got text. Did you base this text on Swift um, or did you base it on another language? Um, It's, mo- yeah, mostly based on a lot of it's based on Swift and how Swift kind of declares things. But yeah, a lot of the community... Uh, the shortcuts community knows JavaScript from what I found. Yes. So yeah. I've taken things from JavaScript and used them in the language. So like no like variables aren't like you don't declare declare your types on variables or anything. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I took, I guess, from Swift and kind of from JavaScript at the same yeah. time. But it's mostly yeah, it's a mix of Swift and JavaScript to get what it is now. But mm-hmm. I've been slowly expanding it more. And it'll probably go more in the direction of Swift just because that's what I know more of. Yeah. But as I learn more JavaScript, there may be more JavaScript-esque things that show up. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I, I'm not surprised that a lot of shortcuts users know JavaScript. Um, first of all, there's, of course, the shortcuts action to run JavaScript on a web page, which I'm sure a lot of people have hacked. And if people haven't played with that yet, <laughs> they should do it. Do it. It's a bookmarklet. Just think of it as a bookmarklet. You can, you can do things. Um, and of course, we've got other great applications uh, like Scriptable and Drafts um, and even Omni's applications, which have got Omni automation in them, which uses JavaScript. All of them use JavaScript. So it's not a surprise to see people who are familiar with JavaScript. Um, but I'm pleased you haven't just limited yourself to it because, of course, Shortcuts isn't Swift. It's not JavaScript. Yeah. It's, it's not Ruby. It, it's certainly not PHP. It's its own thing. So, yeah, it, making your making your own here definitely, to me, makes sense. And I'm, I have to say, I'm really glad you didn't do typed variables where something has to be a string. <laughs> and then when I want to change it later to be an integer, it, it breaks things because... Shortcuts doesn't force that on you either. Um, if you if you tap on a variable, then you might see as text, but then you can change it to as dictionary and things like that. So it's it's not strongly typed either, um, at least from my perspective. So I'm, I'm very glad that you, you didn't force us down that path. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to stick to how shortcuts does things where nothing is set in stone, really. Because yeah, you can just change a variable completely, like halfway through a shortcut. So I wanted that to be possible in jelly cuts. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of the the declaring your types comes when you use the variable with like the casting to text or task yes. casting to a number and stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and for people not familiar with casting, it's where you say, I'm going to take this as this kind of thing. You know, I'm going to yeah. pick this up and it's going to be text now. Or I'm going to pick this up and it's going to be a URL. Um, and uh, text, you know, taking text and making it into a URL is fairly easy. Uh, but taking numbers and making them into a URL is something... I mean, you're probably going to break your shortcut if you do that, whether you do that in shortcuts or jelly cuts or indeed any <laughs> other application. I think that's that's probably going to break things. Uh, uh, people, please do try that at home and let me know because 8.8.8.8 um, is a, a DNS. Uh, so maybe it'll work. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. Somebody will let me know, I'm sure. Uh, we always get plenty of feedback. <laughs> Zach, in addition to making an impressive application, I am actually really impressed with your documentation. I'm not a developer, um, and you know, I got the app, I I played with it, but then I went on your website at jellycuts.com, and the documentation there is very well made. So even a bozo like me has been able to start writing Jelly Cuts programming. Um, did you do the documentation yourself? I did. Yeah, it's actually. The the Jack documentation actually generated off of the code base like automatically. Okay. So yeah, a lot of it I wrote a lot of that by myself. There are a few things that are like handwritten. Yeah. And I've been working on a documentation upgrade to make it even better. But yeah, I wrote the documentation by myself. I mean that that is really great because it, it does if you're listening to this and and you're saying, Oh man, this sounds like it's too much for me. It's not. Um, I would recommend go check out jellycuts.com and just click on the documentation tab because he really does walk you through with some simple ones. And then, you know, th that's the language of automation. You get a couple simple things and you start chaining them together. And before you know it, you've got something fairly complex. And one of the things I like about this is it solves a problem with shortcuts of duplicating and modifying shortcuts. It still isn't easy to do that, you know, like on the Mac, yeah. we can like, I'm a keyboard maestro fan and I can select, you know, I can select a hundred blocks of keyboard maestro, hit command C, go into another keyboard maestro script and paste them all at once and then make my modifications. But with shortcuts, it's only one at a time. 
And with this language you have, I can just copy a text file or duplicate a text file, make a couple tweaks, and then have an entirely separate shortcut built out of it. So you really are um, giving us something here that we need. Yeah, a lot of the big, really big point of it was yeah, copy and pasting. Before shortcuts had copy and paste itself, it yeah. was really nice to be able to do that. Yeah. And then, it, yeah, just being able to copy and paste more than just like a single block is really nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it really is. That's something I've very, I I struggle with frequently in shortcuts where I have, um, you know, say five or six items in an if, and I need to put the same items into an else and just change them. And of course I could set a whole <laughs> bunch of variables and then pull those variables out and do it afterwards. But once I've already set things up, I found myself dragging in repeats and wrapping a repeat around the block and then duplicating the repeat which gets everything inside of it. And then I end up leaving the repeat there because repeat one, guess what? It just, it doesn't do anything. It just skips it. Um, But it it feels really hacky to be doing that, especially right now on iOS 15, where, um, how do I put this? Drag and drop is (laughs) feeling very broken. Um, Things don't land where I expect them to. I have sent feedback to Apple on this. I am sure the shortcuts team is aware of this. Um, But yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's difficult. And also things like, um, I'm going to use a really basic example here, setting the volume on your device, okay? So you can type a number and then if you tap and hold on the volume, then you can select the number. It feels pretty janky. It's if precious. You use jelly it's like, ca- yeah. It's like yeah. sometimes you have to hit it just right in order to, to register. And I don't know why. Yeah. I think that's just part of the beta process. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been like that on iOS 14 as well and iOS 13. But in Jelly Cuts, I can type set volume with a capital V on volume because this is using a camel case, um, which is, you know, where everything's lowercase except the, the start of the next variable, which is uppercase. Um, yeah. And then I type the number in. And that's it. So if I want 73, for whatever reason, maybe 73 is the perfect number, I can type 73 and I'm not dragging on a little slider trying to get my finger into exactly the right spot for it to hit 73. Uh, I just type it and it's good. Um, and so that that you know that's the sort of thing where even if you think, oh, my shortcuts are super basic, I'm not going to get any be- benefit from jelly cuts, it's definitely easier to tweak things like that here in text and then send your shortcut back into shortcuts um, than it is to, you know, sit there fiddling around for 45 minutes trying to get your volume and brightness levels exactly right. Um, I, I mean, I don't spend 45 minutes on it, but then I am constantly <laughs> peeved that everything is just off by a little bit. Like, it's not massively off, it's just off by a bit, and that frustrates me. Yeah, the shortcuts editor does have a knack for just getting things just, like, v- kind of wrong when you yeah. do... Yeah. It's so close to being anything. right, but then it's wrong, and that frustrates me. But I understand why they don't have like a spinner of zero to one hundred because imagine yeah. it's on zero and you want one hundred, <laughs> you're going to be really frustrated there. So you know, yeah. I, I think I think they're in a spot where the slider for most people is perfectly logical, but for those of us who really want to dial it in and get thing get things super, you know, per- perfectionist, maybe not the right word, but accurate. Is probably a better word. Um, then yeah, this this is a uh, this enables us to do that without yeah. needing to you know know how to program even because I just typed in set volume and it was right there. Uh, it didn't come up where I type volume, people. You need to check on the in the documentation for what the the action is called. Uh, but if you type, and it looks to me sec. I'm I, correct me if I'm wrong. That most of the time, um, all of these meta actions and so on are using. Um, basically the name of the shortcut just camel cased. 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of it is just the name of whatever the shortcuts action is. And then, yeah, yeah camo case. Sometimes it's shortened just because shortcuts has long names for some of them. Yeah, yeah. Odd names, but for the most part, it's pretty close to the shortcuts name. Yeah, like, uh, so there's repeat, and then there's repeat each instead of repeat with each. But, you know, that 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 just saves a little bit yeah. of time typing. And, of course, you know, if I start typing repeat, so I type rep, uh, then it's suggesting a couple of things like, you know, replace text. And because there's nothing that for it to rep- repeat with each on, but, you know, it will suggest things at the bottom as well, uh, just like you would expect from an iOS app with autocomplete. Only this is a little bit better than autocomplete, let's face it. <laughs> I uh, like another problem this solves is when you have a long shortcut. I mean, I just did this yesterday and I was scrolling it. And of course I moved a shortcut step, you know, because it happens when you're scrolling with shortcuts. You Have you guys experienced that where you accidentally yeah. move yep. a block? And so like something like this, you just don't have problems like that. Um, but, but I, I would recommend this for people who are not programmers. Cause I just feel like you always want to work on that gray matter between your ears if you know how to make shortcuts, this is really easy to kind of follow through. And and Zach has done all the hard work. Like, how did you figure out all these names and all these calls? I mean, did you just pull apart existing files or was there a resource for you? Yeah, I spent about six of the, or not even, maybe like close to 10 of the 11 months of making the beta of Jelly Cuts, just tearing apart shortcuts itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just... I got to the point where I had shortcuts that would pull apart it's like pull apart themselves and parse out the action I wanted just so I could get values from it because the only way that I could find any of the values I needed from shortcuts was just rip apart existing shortcuts yeah and figure out how they work because none of this is documented no. uh, to a point there is a documentation on GitHub that I'll have to find but it's just about like the general parameters of shortcuts, but nothing specific for any of the actions, which is what I needed. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I spent a lot of time reverse engineering the way shortcuts worked and just pulling out individual, like, I guess just individual dictionary entries that I need to put into the P list for each action, which took quite a while. And I'm hoping to make that easier in future for myself, but it was definitely slow. Yeah. I can imagine back when shortcuts was workflow, I had, um, a shortcut and an Airtable, and the and I so the shortcut basically went through the p list of a shortcut, and it found all of the action names. It looked them up in Airtable, found the icon, and then created like an indented uh, bullet list um, of all the steps so that I could document mm. it. Um, and the way that I created that was highly technical. I don't. I don't think yeah. anybody's ready for this. I dragged and dropped every single action into a single shortcut, and then I fixed it. Um, that's what I did. Uh, don't recommend. Uh, that took way too long. Uh, but you know, it was what I could do back in the day. So uh, you know, it it worked, and I was able to create some some pretty fancy looking blog posts back in the day. I've migrated CMS once since then, and I'm in the process of migrating CMS again. So I suspect some of that's broken and will get further broken. But I'll have to go back and fix it at some point. This episode of Automators is brought to you by Tech Talk, a podcast from the folks at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. I love finding new shows to listen to. And as well as them being super interesting, it's even better when they slot right into my day and entertain me. And Tech Talk is the show that talks through HPE news, tech insights, and world class innovations. I recently listened to one of their older episodes on supercomputing and how it's not just for the elites. 
I particularly found it interesting on the fact that they really want to bring this to the masses and the fact that everybody actually does have a supercomputer. I think everybody would enjoy this podcast, especially because most episodes are less than 20 minutes, which means you can always slot it into your day somewhere. And if you want to listen to, you can expect topics like how to tackle issues when it comes to high-performance computing, applying tech for the good of the people, planet, and communities, and supercomputing aboard the International Space Station. And the show takes you straight to the source, interviewing some seriously impressive tech leaders, such as Dr. Michael Roberts from the ISS US National Lab, Emily Christensen, a Master Candidate in Applied Science Data at USC, and Monica Livingston from Intel. Check out Tech Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Search for Tech Talk now or click the link in the show notes. Our thanks to HPE Tech Talk for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, Zach, when you put this out into the world, what was the reaction and, and what surprised you the most about the response to this to your app? So a lot of the when I first put it back out, um, I guess a year ago, over a year ago now for the first like beta post. I got a lot of reaction from the shortcuts community, like the r slash shortcuts sure. on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were like, "Well, I really needed this." Like, I was really surprised that people, other people other than me, like wanted it because I would think, "Oh, maybe like two or three other people," but there were quite a few people who responded to that and who like actually wanted it and were looking for something exactly like that. Um, and then as like time went, like more and more people kept telling me how much like they they would like something like this. And then when I finally got to release, a lot of the, a lot like it got a lot more publicity on the actual full release, which was nice because a lot more people started noticing it, and like seeing it, and stuff. So that was surprised me a lot and was pretty cool. It's got to feel good, right? Something you make is out there helping yeah. people. Yeah. What's the craziest thing you've heard of anyone doing with Jelly Cut so far? Um, I have seen some people trying to like. I've seen people completely break shortcuts with it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm sure they could. Yeah. Wait, were they trying to do this or did they just do something really silly? I'm not sure. I've only ever seen the aftermath of it. Okay. But yeah, it was uh, a lot of people Yeah, are able to use it. A lot of people used it to like make when home screen customization was pretty big. Having shortcuts that would like open your home screen, like go back to the springboard which was mm-hmm. super easy in jelly cuts, but not easy at all in shortcuts. Right. So that was probably like, that was probably the biggest use case during one of the betas back when I was 14 was like, yeah, like the customization was coming out. What What are some other examples of things that are easier in jelly cuts than in shortcuts that you hear about? Making things with big dictionaries. So if you ever like, you need to use like a big shortcuts dictionary with either like icons for whatever. So a lot of people, will put icons into their shortcuts and stuff. So if you're doing that in shortcuts, the editor gets really laggy. Yes. Because just the dictionaries, for some reason, just completely kill it. And in Jelly Cuts, you can just use the the JSON editor and the J, like the dictionary part of it to put them all in there, and then you never have to actually look at those while you're editing. So mm-hmm. I think that that's a lot easier in Jelly Cuts is doing something like that. Yes. And then also anything that you need repetitiveness in is super simple because you can just copy and paste the same text over and over again and just change a few things, whatever you need. Yes. Personally, whenever I'm including a large dictionary in a shortcut, I actually save it as a file in iCloud um, and pull it in because then I can edit it with mm, yeah. the JSON editor, J-A-Y-S-O-N. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
And that means that I can also edit it using a different shortcut so I can add things to it. Um, though I have to say nowadays, I've migrated a lot of that to data jar where it's information that changes semi-frequently, but reference lists are still just good old JSON files in, in Dropbox. Yeah, I, I also feel like this is really useful if you make a text-heavy shortcut because working with text in shortcuts is also oh, very yeah. precious. And this is something where you just got a text editor, you can type the text in, you can block and copy it. You don't have to worry about landing in it. I mean, every time I get near anybody on the shortcuts team, I beg them to make like a <laughs> um, a button that would allow you to, to expand the text field to take over full screen. You know, like if you like when you're in the text editing shortcuts, rather than force us to try and work in with those two or three lines on the screen, like just give us yeah. a button where we can just like ha- have the text field take over the screen. David, did you see what they did with the list action in iOS 15 in shortcuts? No, I haven't yet. What would they Okay. Um, I, I'm sorry to break this to you. <laughs> okay, did people, you're going to get David's reaction live on air. So a list is um, an ordered list in shortcuts, which sure. means that it won't randomly change the, the position of things. Technically, lists in programming are usually unordered. So theoretically, yeah. you know whatever order you put things in, they might come out differently. Um, but they've been ordered lists and shortcuts for a while. They've now added item one, item two, et cetera, on the left. And that takes up approximately 50% of oh, yeah. the list so, item. So the text field um, gets even so, smaller. Yeah. So the text field is half the width. <laughs> yeah. And right now scrolling in that field is broken. Yeah. And there's no text wrapping. So I have found that I am putting things in a text block to just type the URL and make sure it's right. And then copying and pasting from there into um, the into the list item. Yeah. Um, and that that that's frustrating. Um, and uh, as soon as Jellycats has an iOS 15 beta, I will be <laughs> I'll be using that because I, I miss <laughs> being able to just easily work with lists. <laughs> well, well, we're early in the beta, too. So I'm sure they're. Um you know, they're aware of that stuff. But but for a long time, I've recommended, you know, writing extended text for shortcuts in something like drafts or tot or mm-hmm. whatever your text editor of choices and just copying and pasting because it's bad at that. But to get back to my point, when you're writing shortcuts with jelly cuts, it's just a text file and you can actually see all the text and it all is there and you don't have to worry about like landing the cursor at the exact spot you want it. And so that yeah, I think that would I would add that as a third reason to give it a shot. But the um but I, I really just you know just step back for a minute. I am just so pleased about a couple things. Number one is that we have this community of people like Zach and um Simon and all the other folks coming up with these great third party like bolt on shortcuts tools. I mean, these are tools to make shortcuts. They're not really anything more than that but there's a market out there people are supporting these people and allowing them to make stuff and also frankly i'm thankful that apple is taking kind of a liberal approach to these tools and allowing them to be released i mean make it an ide for shortcuts i don't know that that was a sure thing you were going to get that approved (laughs) yeah that was that was scary the review process getting it onto the (laughs) app store yeah it was i mean that was did they send it back to you or were you just, you know, biting your nails the entire time going, are they going to say yes? Are they going to say yes? It took them almost two weeks on the dot to give me my first response. Yeah. Wow. And okay. it was a rejection of course. for a part of the app, not the, the editor. They were fine with the whole shortcuts part, but the, the jelly cuts bridge was an issue. Okay. And that got severely changed in the release version just because 
the the version that was in it did break the one of the <laughs> rules, but like I, I didn't see it at first, but I guess yeah, their their description of it made sense eventually. But yeah, I spent a while with them in app review trying to figure out what was wrong. But it did eventually get approved after about a month. And I'm not trying to be like an Apple cheerleader, but I do think, frankly, the Shortcuts team is all for stuff like this. And I think they want oh, yeah. this stuff to get out there because, you know, um, they can't make a text editor, you know, JavaScript um, shortcuts builder because that's really against the whole nature of the app. I mean, the idea is that my sister, who doesn't listen to the automators, can make a shortcut to, you know, make her whatever right she's not going to learn yeah. this stuff but there's a group of us that that understand that if we go a step further with it it can get easier and faster for us and we want that they're not allowed to make it so they're i think they're more than happy to have someone like you putting this out there yeah no the shortcuts team is great they've been really supportive of jelly cuts the whole time from the the few of them i've talked to yeah and during like the the wwdc labs and stuff they were really cool about everything I guess some of them are using it, honestly, because, I mean, they're making a lot of shortcuts, you know. <laughs> All right, Zach, uh, you know, people people have gone, you know, a, a bit into the episode now and assuming they've never started with jelly cuts before. OK, maybe they've mm-hmm. never written with programming before. Maybe they have. Our, our listeners vary. How do they get started? Because obviously you can't just open jelly cuts and select a shortcut from your entire shortcuts library there's a little bit of, of of work that maybe you need to do if you want to take an existing shortcut or if you want to get a shortcut from jelly cuts into shortcuts where do people start yeah so to start off um once you've gone through the onboarding and allowing untrusted shortcuts and everything which i'm assuming most people have um you can start looking at the documentation and the example shortcuts provided or je- jelly cuts provided mm-hmm. you can really just get familiar with everything and then once you think you're ready to like move on to making your own stuff, um, you can use the import feature to import uh, an existing shortcut from the app into Jelly Cuts. It's like from shortcuts into Jelly Cuts. And then that'll get you about 80% of the way into converting it. But shortcuts leaves some data out of their P lists and doesn't give me access to everything that you entered in the shortcuts app. Right. So there is some, you do have to go through it and look at everything and just double check it to make sure everything's correct because there is there will be missing data and stuff just because of the limited data I have available to me. Mm-hmm. But that'll get you a lot of the way there to figure out what you want to do in Jelly Cuts or what you want to make. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, when I opened it, I was like, I'm just going to click the plus and create Jelly Cut. <laughs> and then I gave it a name and I clicked submit and then I opened it and I was like, okay, what do I do now? I should yeah. probably I should probably go into starter jelly cut and go from there. Um, and it's like, okay, okay, so look at this. Now look at the starter actions. This this makes sense. And I added a few things to it and thought, okay. Um, and of course there's the share there's the share. But yeah, it, it makes sense, especially once you dive into the 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 settings button and the learning center. Uh the basics there. Um actually, you know, that pops up when you first open the app. But me being me, I'm there going, I'm a developer, I know this stuff. I just <laughs> swipe through it without reading. You can bring that back, people. You can bring that back. Settings, learning center, and it's all right there. Yeah, the learning center is definitely it's pretty yeah. help that's definitely helpful for figuring out the basics of the language and like the tools provided and everything. 
Yes. So if you have yes. any questions, that has most of the answers. Yeah. And I have to say, um, obviously, you know, variables bar welcome equals shortcut input or whatever it is, uh, you know, that's that's useful. Being able to name magic variables. I just want to say thank you <laughs> for this. Thank you. Because the number of times where it's like updated text, but there's six versions of updated text in my shortcut. <laughs> I don't care about the ones called updated text. I just want to rename this one, but especially when things are a little bit broken, it, it's a little bit difficult to do that. And I will fully accept that's my fault for running a beta. That's life. Um, but, you know, being able to to, to rename um, a, a magic variable uh, by putting um, it's two greater than symbols um, after set after like a text action and then saying, you know, what the name of the variable is. Once I saw that in the learning center, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. We're onto something good here because, you know, it really is good. Um, and I, I also just want to point out for people who are looking at documentation going, oh, I wish I could see this whilst editing a jelly cut. Tap the little arrow in a box in the top left and it opens in split screen. So you're going to want to do this on an iPad. Um, but yeah, that that's really helpful. I, I appreciate the fact that I can have jelly cuts in, in split screen with the documentation because that makes my life much easier. So thank you for that feature, by the way. Yeah, that was recommended by um, a user. They're like, Scriptable has this, so you should have yes. it too. And I was like, that's a great idea. So that one yes. is Simon. He's the genius behind the split out documentation. Yes, yes. I, I knew I'd seen it before there, but I saw it I saw it in Jelly Cuts and went, yes, thank you. Uh, because it does make it much easier, um, you know, being able to see things, even if you know what you're doing. I frequently, you know, I know what I'm doing when I program a, um, a or write a script for a, a draft section, but I still usually have the documentation open in a split screen. So when I go, wait a minute, what was it if I wanted to do a multi-select in a prompt? Um, I can just look it up because it's easier to to look it up than it is to remember it try it get it wrong look it up fix it get it right um you know that, that, that yeah. that's how i work um uh, but autocomplete i have to say does do uh quite a bit of the heavy lifting here so uh that that's good yeah the autocomplete yeah the was definitely a very needed feature for writing on an iphone especially yes yes this episode of the Automators Podcast is brought to you by Audible. Go to audible.com slash automators to hear stories that speak to you and start listening with a 30-day trial. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment. They have the largest selection of audiobooks around, featuring bestsellers, new releases, and everything in between, as well as thousands of binge-worthy podcasts all in one place. As an Audible member, you get one credit every month to spend on any title in their entire premium selection, and these titles are yours to keep forever in your Audible library. Whether you're wanting to pick up that new novel everyone is talking about, or to finally tick off that bucket list title, and if you don't have anything you're looking for this month, those credits will roll over for up to a year so you can binge the next series whenever you get the time. As an Audible member, you also get access to their Plus catalog. It's filled with thousands of hours of audio entertainment, from guided meditation, ad-free podcasts, and a large selection of exclusive series. This is included in your membership for you to listen to whenever you like. You can download titles and listen offline at any time in the Audible app. So no matter where you are or what you're doing, you can always pick up right where you left off. Now, I was so happy when I heard that Audible was a sponsor of this show. I couldn't wait to do an ad read because I have been an Audible subscriber for, I think, over 10 years now. I've listened to so many different Audible books over that time. 
I listen to fiction nearly exclusively through Audible, but I also listen to self-help books. I also like to get Audible books to play in the car with the kids on long road trips. In fact, I have a recommendation for you on one of those right now, and that would be Jasper Ford. That's with two F's, F-F-O-R-D-E. Jasper Ford has the last Dragon Slayer series. And my daughter and I listened to this on a long car trip when she was like 10. And we had so much fun listening to that series together. We actually still talk about some of the characters in that series. So uh, Jasper Ford wrote this very funny series. It's kind of a young adult thing, but adults can listen to it and enjoy it too, called The Last Dragon Slayer. And I highly recommend that. Whether you're looking for something to entertain you while you're working from home, for your next long car ride, or even for some time spent at the gym, Audible is right there with thousands of titles to choose from. So go check it out yourself, and as a new member, you can try out Audible for 30 days. Just visit audible.com automators or text automators to 500-500 to get started. That's audible.com automators or text automators to 500-500. I hope you love Audible as much as I do. Our thanks to Audible for their support of the automators and all of Relay FM. All right, so as we're recording this, Apple is in the midst of the betas for iOS 15 and Mac OS Monterey, and Shortcuts is coming over to the Mac. And uh, I understand Jelly Cuts is too. Yes, yeah. Jelly Cuts is coming to the Mac with a native Swift UI app. And the cool thing is, I mean, you already kind of had something going on. You have a bridge mode in the the existing app where you can actually write code on your Mac for Jelly Cuts on iPhone and iPad. But now you're going to be writing the code on the Mac for the Mac shortcuts. How's that coming? Really well. There's a few betas out right now to some mm-hmm. beta testers. Um, so far, it's been going really well. And the shortcuts integration that I got working, I think, is really nice and quicker than the iPhone just because of the shortcuts command line tool that I have access to on Mac. But I've been liking working. I've been really liking working on the Mac app. I should mention that uh, I am part of the the group of testers for macOS. I've I've only played with Jelly Cuts a little bit, but as far as I'm aware, it is a closed beta. You've not got a huge number of people on it right now just because it's so early in the beta process. Yeah, it's currently a closed beta, but there are signups on the Jelly Cuts Twitter if you do want to try it out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's de- it, it's a, not an open beta yet, just because yeah. it's just not ready for that. Yeah, there's no point having 150 people tell you the same thing's broken when five people can find the exact yeah. same thing and maybe even help by providing reproduction steps. Um, and it's a little easier to do with a smaller group. I appreciate that. So uh, thank you for letting me in there. And uh, Yeah, of yes. course. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I figured there are a couple of perks to being well, the automator's co-host here, David. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, that, I mean, it, it's really interesting as well seeing that because immediately I thought, oh, are we going to have the same kind of input process? And so I'm really glad you, you're using that command line um, or the shortcuts command line to do this because that does make it much easier. And I think... You know, I think shortcuts obviously itself has a, a whole new market. When now it's coming to the Mac, people will take it more seriously. See it as a you know a, an application that maybe they should actually use now. I think Jelly Cuts especially is going to be um, you know more frequently used by people on Mac OS because there is going to be the ability to you know just do that magic import and of course the keyboard in front of you. Do you find it faster to create shortcuts using Jelly Cuts than shortcuts itself now? 
I'm pretty certain you yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably... I find it way quicker to do it. <laughs> I mean, you've got a little bit of an in having named all the functions <laughs> and everything yourself, right? But yeah, I've seen the functions hundreds of thousands of times at this point. I know <laughs> too much of my brain is taken up. And that's just the learning curve. I mean, I think if somebody wants yeah. to kind of go down this rabbit hole, once you learn them, it is definitely faster, but the learning process is going to be slower. But there's like I was saying earlier, this is just kind of a fun thing, honestly, and and more efficient in a lot of ways. I mean, you still have a lot of the same limitations on the Mac version of shortcuts that you have on iPhone and iPad. So having a, a text-based solution to create them still has real benefits. I mean, I was just thinking, why not, um, like on the Mac particularly, create a bunch of the functions as text expander fill-in snippets. And then I could just like crank them out very quickly with text expander. And there's no reason I couldn't. Yeah, no, it's definitely a possibility to use the other Mac automation tools in tandem with jelly cuts to make it even faster. Yeah. And, and I do think you still get a lot of the same benefits. So, So what are some of the things that you're looking forward to automating on your Mac once all this ships, uh, with shortcuts and jelly cuts? Uh, I'm really looking forward to the the window management and all the like the shell script that you can run with shortcuts now. I never really yeah. do- dove into Automator myself, yeah. but now that shortcuts is here, I'll probably dive a lot more into it because I already have some ideas flowing for stuff I can do for jelly cuts in shortcuts. Yeah, I, I could see you creating your even own custom functions and actions based on shell scripting or even Apple scripting as well. And just bake it right yeah. into the app and save people a lot of trouble of trying to sort that stuff out for themselves. Yeah, there's definitely things I want to do like that in the future. Yeah, and, and the other thing I think that really stands out on the Mac is I think there's this huge opportunity. There's a lot of historical Mac apps that didn't go down the Apple script um, path because I feel like the developers felt like there weren't enough users to justify the expense of, of building in you know Apple script support, whereas I think a lot of the same developers are going to be creating shortcuts actions because I think they get a lot more return on investment for creating them. So I expect you're going to have yourself, uh, you're going to be busy keeping up with all those updates as they come out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, yeah, busy, especially integrating third party actions when I get to that soon. Yeah. It's going to be quite fun. <laughs> fun with uh, quotation marks, uh, very large air quotes. Yes. Um, yeah. but, at, at the so same time, how... you're doing your college apps, right? I mean, I can just, I, yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, if you're, if you're looking at it, say a software engineering course, I think you might have something that's going to put your application courses <laughs> to the top of the pile here. Um, so how does jelly cuts handle third party actions right now? Because obviously you can't be expected to have bought, downloaded and tested every single app out there that has shortcut support um so say for example i import um a shortcut into jelly cuts and i've got an action from scriptable or toolbox pro or shortcutify or you know another action say from omnifocus or drafts in there what what happens inside of jelly cuts right now um currently on import it should leave a comment with just the name of the action because that stuff hasn't been brought in yet yeah. Um, just because I haven't had time to go through and yet yeah, get all of them and test them all. Yes. But I'm looking into ways for like future updates. iOS 15 really derailed my progress on that because that was the next step. But <laughs> um, planning on like one of the next updates is bringing a third party action support and a way for 
users to add their own third-party actions and stuff and just make it easier for everyone to use third-party actions in Jelly Cuts. Because right now, the best way is just to add a comment and add it in when you get into shortcuts, which right. kind of sucks. Yeah. So I'm hoping to bring a lot more third-party actions in soon. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. So sorry for our listeners. I didn't ask Zach this <laughs> off the air. Um, will there be like a repository where people can save third-party actions and contribute to them? So say, for example, I, I figure out the add task paper to OmniFocus action. Will I be able to share that with other people um, in some way, be that via sending it back to you, and then maybe at some point it makes it into the app or, you know, just sharing it via, say, a, a GitHub action, a GitHub repo or something like that? Yeah, there has been... Um... Yeah, I have thought of ways for letting the community do it. So yeah, one of the ways was having a GitHub repo that people can submit them, like submit their packages to. Because mm-hmm. right now, Jelly Cuts is based on packages, and the first line you put in every Jelly Cut is import shortcuts. Right. And so I'm thinking for the future, I want to be able to allow the community members to make their own packages in some way or another, and just because of how um, iOS works and the like app review having something where someone just uploads to a github repo and it downloads into the app won't be possible but having me like check it and then put it into the app definitely will be so i think that's the route i most likely will go down in the future i mean you could potentially worst case scenario allow us to download these actions ourselves and save them into the app perhaps yeah um and then you know it's on us to, to keep checking for updates but with working copy and the sync folder action with a shortcut, maybe, maybe, maybe we can make some magic happen there. Even if App Review says no, I'm gonna cross yeah. my fingers. App Review says yes because that would be the best case scenario for everybody. But, yeah, no, uh, it definitely would be. If, if you need ideas, I think you know, you know, a whole community <laughs> of people who are willing to give you some. Yeah, and, and honestly, there's probably people out there that'd be willing to help you, even with more of the heavy lifting too, if you wanted. I know you're at a busy point in your life. Um, but the, um, I also like the idea of some sort of repository, whether it be GitHub or something else where developers can just auto submit, um, Mm -hmm. language. Cause I'm sure there are developers out there that want their, you know, the actions they're creating to be available in jelly cuts. And if you could create some method for them to submit it, that'd be even better to have the developers, you know, create the methods or or function calls at the time they make the app. Yeah, that's definitely a definitely a, like a really good idea to having them like submit something like a file that just defines all their actions yeah yeah yeah, yeah maybe maybe we can even figure out something where you can automatically parse the intense file from from xcode yeah. or something um and then have that converted into something that jelly cuts can 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 eat because uh, it's jelly so it eats everything right <laughs> well if you're a developer out there and you're listening you know find zach and give him some ideas because I know there's a lot of developers listening to the show that are are supporting shortcuts. So that you know, hopefully we can help connect you guys. Just don't swamp him with email people. We need jelly cuts <laughs> for, for Mac OS Monterey. Okay, priorities, priorities. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, as, in terms of the overall reception, though, I, I think it's been really positive, and I, I really this is the only app out there I know that does anything like this and. When I hear it took you 10 months to assemble all of the the calls, I think that's why. I don't think anybody else is willing to spend 10 months on it. I had a lot of free time on my hands. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the reception was great. I mean, having free time is one thing, but at the same time, you've got to be very persistent um, and determined 
because I imagine at some points it must have felt like a slog because you're essentially doing the same thing over and over and over again and hoping that something changes enough for you to see, you know, what is it that is actually here and how does this really work? Um, because I know sometimes when I'm programming, I do the same thing. I change something. Nope, doesn't work. Try changing it over here. Nope, doesn't work. Try changing it over here. No, try changing it there. There it works. Oh, now all four of them are working. What happened? Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes it's a bit of a slog. So I imagine it must have been a trial at times. Yeah, it was definitely the first system of the app. This is actually version two of the app. Uh, it was completely rewritten about five months in because the first system I had just took too long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the first the first version was a complete slog. Just like every time I needed to add an action, it was a ton of work. But then after some re-architecting, made it a lot easier and more bearable. So I'm guessing you've learned a couple of things as you've gone through this. Oh yeah, learned quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got Too any many. one particular thing that you think, oh wow, yeah, people probably don't know this, but I I I found this really useful once I figured it out. Um. Xcode crashes with really big string files. That's what I learned. <laughs> that that sounds like a problem that I'm I'm guessing many people aren't going to encounter because it's not like Kindle app ships with all of the the books inside of the app. They download them as they need them. Yeah. But Jellycuts can't just download anything from a server whenever it wants because well, it's not the Kindle yeah, no. app. <laughs> yeah. It's also it's okay to go back and redo things yeah. if they're like for a long time i was like i don't want to redo this it's like just going to be extra work to redo it but if it's if redoing it is going to take less time than doing it with your current system yeah then i i think that's okay personally yeah, yeah. laying the groundwork for for the future so that you can easily expand upon something or improve something versus I'll just quickly hack this in here 80,000 times, and then you look at the entire thing, and it's the Leaning Tower Pisa made of toothpicks held together with duct tape. <laughs> um, yes, I, I, I can definitely see why you, you would choose to, to rewrite things. and Yeah. yeah. As, even as part of the, the development process, it, yeah, it sometimes feels like it's a big setback to do that. But I know I've done that with everything from writing a simple shortcut to doing more complex things. I was asked the other day to to help create a shortcut for somebody for uh, a sourdough starter timer. And I started mm. by doing it as a dictionary and going through a whole bunch of things. And then I thought, you know what? When they want to add an extra step, they're not going to figure out how to add this into the dictionary. So what I did was uh, adjust current date um, or adjust previous date, add X amount of time, set timer with label. That, and mm. I just repeated that, you know, yeah. however many times. I think it was 13 times. There were 13 timers in the sourdough starter. Um, and so I did that. And you know what? It works. They're using it. Um, and that I think that's what counts. So, yeah, uh, I'm sure there's uh, plenty of things that everybody can learn. And I have to say, I've actually found out uh, a couple of things in shortcuts, which I couldn't find or I struggled to find inside of the app. Um and, uh, you know, actually knowing uh, the name of all the shortcuts colors is quite useful. So there is uh, there's there's purple and grape as well. And pink are colors, but there's also gray, blue, gray, green and gray brown. Um, and of course, all the other colors, including tangerine, because everybody loves a tangerine color Mac. Uh, well, I mean, if you're Stephen Hackett, you certainly do. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, hidden gems here, which I found. Uh, David, did you find anything secret while you were playing with jelly cuts? There's a pro version, 
and I would recommend if you want to go down this road, definitely, you know, send Zach a few bucks. He's got a really generous um, pro version where you can kind of buy in at whatever level makes sense for you. But you get to customize the editor. You've got the de desktop connection, dictionary builder, icon builder. And then, of course, you can help support development. And that really helped me unlock things. Like the icon builder was a great idea as well, because it's another thing in shortcuts. It's a total pain in the neck. I mean, I don't know why you can't search the icons and do different things there, but but you've got it all covered in the app. So I just feel like in general, if you're willing to spend a little time understanding how to like program these blocks, and it's just short bits of text and the documentation walks you through it. But if you're willing to do that, it just takes a lot of the sharp edges off shortcuts. And it doesn't like break anything. I mean, you go in shortcuts, they still show up as shortcuts. You'll still see the blocks when you go into the shortcuts app. So I, uh, I'm just really impressed, Zach, um, with what you've done. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was nice to be able to finally code with text instead of the shortcuts actions for me. And then also, I mean, just going through the process of making an app, get dealing with app review, dealing with monetization. I mean. What an amazing learning experience this must be for you. I mean, think of all the things you've learned over the last couple of years since you just decided to start goofing around, you know, with uh, with Xcode, and now all of a sudden you have an operating business. Yeah. <laughs> do your do your parents and like friends? Do you tell them, hey, by the way, I'm a successful app developer now? I mean, what do they what do they say to you <laughs> when you when they realize what you're up to? Yeah, my my parents have been super supportive of everything yeah. I've done. And helping me through everything, especially like with all the Apple stuff. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, my friends also really supportive of everything. Whenever anyone is like my parents like have posted stuff and they're like, and my family's like, that's nuts. Like you are nuts. How yeah. have you done that? Yeah. Which is just really cool because everyone's super supportive about it. Yeah, when I was your age, I had a job fixing motorboat engines in a hundred and ten degree smoggy Southern California. My, I, I was incapable of what you have done at your age. <laughs> so are, are you going to become a developer? I mean, what's next for you? Are you going to go, I've decided that you, you want to go become a baker or a, you know, you know, something completely separate or, or, or is this a career for you? I definitely want to continue developing. I'm not sure where or like how, but I definitely want to keep developing as I move through life. So I guess it'll all really be, Depended on what I end up doing for college and stuff, which I'm still trying to figure out and everything. Yeah. Well, my advice to you as someone who has had a few kids go through this is no matter where you end up, you're going to do fine. I mean, I, I think we all know that Zachary Lineman has a future with this stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Would you say no to an internship at Apple if they offered you one? <laughs> uh, probably not. I probably would say I'd probably say yeah for an internship. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I, I've i seen quite a few uh, developers who, who've done internships with Apple. Um, and uh, Christian, the guy behind Apollo, is one of them. Yeah. Uh, the Nudget developer, of course. Um, you know, there there's some some people who are very good developers who've done that. And uh, yeah, I, I always find it super interesting. So you've already got a great app under your belt. So I think you, you might even, uh, you know, get to chill out a little bit while you're doing that. <laughs> I mean, I say that. I don't think working at Apple is really chilled. Um, I think it's uh, probably quite got quite a bit going on. I have a feeling they give their interns plenty to do. But uh, <sighs> yeah, with, without writing an app on the side, you know, from scratch at the same time, perhaps. 
I feel like if they yeah. put Zach as an intern at Apple, there'd be like some secret button in, in shortcuts. Nobody would know it. Like maybe an <laughs> invisible button and you tap it and suddenly it goes into command line mode. <laughs> it was like, how did this get here? <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yeah, man. And all the shortcuts developers do know it's there. They're just pretending that yeah. they don't. Yeah. Well, either way, what, what's next for Jelly Cuts? You, you've got third-party integration. You've got the Mac stuff coming out. Um, what should uh, users be looking for? Um, definitely iOS 15 support coming soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been working really hard on adapting to Apple's new sharing standards for iOS 15. Um, I had to build an entire signing server for shortcuts recently just to get it to work on iOS 15, so I'm super excited to get that out. Yeah. So definitely the iOS 15 support and then all of the uh, all the jelly like the just the jelly language evolution stuff that I'm working on. So making jelly more of a traditional programming language and stuff. Yeah. So you can run it in more than just like a shortcuts capacity, I guess, or compile before and stuff. There's more upgrades to the app in general. Sounds pretty good to me. Well, we're looking forward to seeing it all and uh, and keep up the great work. Everybody go check out Jelly Cuts. Um send Zach some support, man, and and try this out. Like I've said throughout the show, even if you're not a developer, I think this is something worth checking out. There's a there's Definitely. a free download, so you don't have to like invest. So just check it out to see what you think and go on the website, look at the documentation. But but I would recommend if you're listening to the automators, this may be something you want. I, I believe anybody that listens to this show, if they spent a weekend uh, learning uh, Zach's jelly language, I mean, it's a nice combination of, of really JavaScript and a couple other things. Uh, you could pick it up and you could be making shortcuts faster and more efficient and solve all those problems we've been talking about throughout the show today. Thank you. Before we finish today, I want to take a quick moment to tell you about another great show here on Relay FM. Roboism is a show by Alex Cox and Kathy Campbell, both of whom have been on our show before. And they explore how artificial intelligence, machine learning, and digital systems are affecting our future. Explore humanity behind the bots that are quickly becoming a part of our everyday life at relay.fm slash roboism, or search roboism whenever you get your podcasts. The episode today is brought to you by HPE Tech Talk and Audible. And just as a note, our last episode was brought to you by Discourse, not Discord, as some of you may have misheard in one of our ads. We'll be back in two weeks with another great episode for you. Goodbye.